Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, December 2nd, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today we're talking Kansas Jayhawks with the Star's new beat writer, Shreyas Lada. Shreyas comes to the Star from the Hartford Current, where he covered UConn hoops last season. We talk KU basketball and get his impressions of the Jayhawks' lopsided victory over Seton Hall on Thursday night, and we also chat a little bowl game projection. After a break, we'll drop in on Bill Self's post-game press conference to see what he liked and didn't like about the Seton Hall game. Okay, let's get started talking KU hoops and getting to know the new beat writer, Shreya Salata. In what I hope will be the first of many conversations, um, we welcome in Shreya Salata, the new Kansas beat writer. Um, Shreya joined us just this week, and it is uh, it's great to have you on board. And um, and you've been to a couple of KU games already. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's it's you know day uh, I think this was officially day two of really working you know the first two days are always right. orientation but I went Monday um, when they played Texas Southern to just kind of watch take notes get a field of Allen Fieldhouse and then I went yesterday uh, when they played Seton Hall um, both times I mean Kansas has been really impressive they won by double digits both times and um, just the energy of Allen Fieldhouse is, is second to none it's uh, I can't wait to watch them play. Um, some big 12 opponents and I can't wait to kind of see the team progress as the season goes along. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Your, your first uh, experience inside that building. And we always ask opposing coaches uh, uh, after they usually have taken a loss there, <laughs> what, what they thought. I don't know if, uh, if that was the case last night with, um, uh, with Holloway for Seton Hall, but uh, it's always interesting to hear what, um, uh, what opposing coaches and, and, and new first timers have to say about Allen Fieldhouse because I do think that it is I think it's the best atmosphere in, in college basketball it's it's like Duke only about twice the size so uh, <laughs> um, it, it's uh, it really is a great place hey I want to get into the Jayhawks with you we'll talk even a little football as well but let's talk about you first uh, where, where was your previous stop yeah, absolutely. I was at the Hartford Current uh, for about a year covering UConn men's basketball. Um, an interesting time to leave the team, I suppose, because yeah. they're 10-0 uh, and, and and really rolling. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. And potentially Kansas might even match up with them late in March. Yeah. So what Dan Hurley's got him going this year, um, that's – uh, they, they, in fact, I think they're coming off of back-to-back wins over Big 12 opponents. They mm-hmm. beat Iowa State in the, in the tournament, and then they beat Oklahoma State in the in the Big East Big 12 Challenge. And they're and none of the games are really close with UConn this year. They are they are destroying people, yeah. um, which is it's great to see. I look, I'm you know I'm I think I've covered all of UConn's uh, Final Fours and national championships, and I, I'll never forget the first one back in. 99 what a big big deal that was for for that program and they they, basketballs they take it seriously at UConn and it's it's good to see them back in uh, you know in in the winning ways so um was that uh, first job out of college uh Hartford Current no no actually so I had a little bit of a conventional kind of journalism path I was a marketing major back in, in college but I did some stuff with sports media um with as you might know my professor Vicky Michaelis of course and the certificate. I do know Vicky Vahe yeah. and I both good friends with Vicky Michaelis 
yeah, she's she's awesome. She's been a great mentor and super, super um, great with, you know, giving advice and just kind of helping me in the industry. Uh, my first job was actually covering hunting and fishing in central Pennsylvania. Yeah, um, that is it, amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was something I, I can't say I would recommend living in central Pennsylvania, but it was a great opportunity to really just go out there and really learn. And, and I think it made me a lot better as a writer and reporter, which I'm very grateful for. So a big hunting and fishing background in your life, I take it. <laughs> Absolutely not. I have never hunted or fished in my life. As a kid that's grown up in Georgia, I think that I'd be around hunting and fishing more, but I don't think anyone hunting went hunting in the Atlanta suburbs, which is, <laughs> I guess, is it should be, makes sense, but still. <laughs> All right. So I uh, grew up in the Atlanta burbs um, and went to University of Georgia. Uh, great, great sports journalism program at, at UGA. Were you a Bulldogs guy uh, growing up? Or was uh, I, I know how big that is there. I, I actually wasn't. So I had about eight years when I was younger in Rhode Island. So I picked up all the Boston sports teams. I was actually like a baseball junkie before I was a basketball fiend. Um, so I was a big Red Sox fan, moved to Georgia. Everyone's like, who's your college team? I picked up Boston College because I was like, I logically make sense. Watched a lot of six, seven, eight win seasons, barely making ball games. So it was it was tough. I can't lie with you. Um, you know, the Matt Ryan year when I was very young, um, before he got drafted by the Falcons was fun to watch. But um, I, I don't really understand the implications of what SEC football is until I got there. And once you're in it, it's hard to get out of it. Man, uh, you can say that again. It is. So University of Missouri entered that league 10 years ago and leaving the big 12 and it is um it's a different world just a totally different world you know the their catchphrase it just means more gets a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of grief mm-hmm. but it's true it absolutely means more in you know in, in, in those at those programs at those schools it's it, it is amazing hey um so uh obviously uh listeners can't see it you're wearing an atlanta hawks t-shirt <laughs> um you, you a Trey Young guy? Uh, yeah, I'm a big Trey Young guy. Actually, I can I say that as the Kansas uh, beat writer? Absolutely, uh, you can. His, his, his <laughs> game, he, he played an incredible game here um, uh, back a couple years ago, of course, when his one year in college. And Buddy Heald before him, uh, another Oklahoma standout, incredible game. But yeah, yeah. And, and Trey Young, of course, uh, played for a, a local AAU team here, the Mocan uh, AAU team. So We've got uh, we've got some fondness for for Trey Young in, in these parts, but uh, yeah, he's um, he, he's he was fun to watch in college and certainly fun to watch in in the NBA. So, all right, Trey. Last night, uh, KU really manhandles Seton Hall. That that game got out of hand, and and I didn't expect it to be as lopsided as it was. What did what did KU do well, and and uh, what were your impressions of the Jayhawks last night? I mean, I think one of the biggest things that came out of there was just the ability to kind of uh, really spread the ball within the starters. I mean, you had six guys, really, I think, double digits, I think, with Ernst uh, Uda, who had a career high in his young career of 10 points in just 12 minutes and went four for four from the field, which I was really impressed by. And I wrote about um, just him really kind of finding his way and trying to do whatever he takes to get some more minutes on the court. Um, I thought it was interesting because it didn't even feel like they were like up until they were up really big it just kind of happened it snowballed especially in the second half 
because um, Seton Hall was hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And Seton Hall was not playing well, I would say. They were really just relying on their free throw shooting, which they, they went pretty terrible from the line. Um, but they go to the line a lot. Uh, they're a pretty, you know, frequent free throw line shooting team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get fouled a lot. Um, they were like, I think it was 0 of 7 from three at the half. And I think they ended up with only two or three threes made. Um, and I think that was the biggest difference in the game is just, you know, if you can't make threes in the modern college, modern NBA game, you're going to have a really tough time. And um, it's not like Kansas was great percentage wise from three, but they did a good enough job to, you know, kind of sequester Seton Hall. But I was very impressed just by how they played overall. I mean, you know, like obviously beating Texas Southern the way they did is one thing, The beating a Big East opponent like Seton Hall, um, which has some talent and has a pretty talented young coach in Sheen Holloway was very impressive. Yeah, um, Jalen Wilson got off to a really hot start for for Kansas. Made some buckets early, a couple threes, and and Grady Dick didn't do much at all. Uh, cold early, but then he heated up. What was it? Ended up with six and double figures for for KU last night. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it was six and double figures. It was all the starters, and then it was uh, Ernst who had ten. Um, yeah, yeah. So Jalen Wilson off to a terrific start this season. He, um, you know, was a, he and, and Dewan Harris, of course, starters on last year's NCAA championship team. Um, Wilson came back with the idea of look, uh, look at what happened to Ochai Abaji uh, a year ago, and how he turned, uh, you know, returning to, for a senior year into a you know, first team All America, Big Twelve Player of the Year type of season, and. You know, I think Jalen Wilson was influenced by that. And who's to say he's not on a similar path right now with, uh, I think he entered the game last night, third in the country in scoring. He was a 22-3. And that, that's going to drop a little bit after 15, but uh, yeah. but 13 rebounds and was was really active last night. What, what are your impressions of Jalen Wilson? He, he's been so, so impressive. I mean, I saw it in the Texas Southern game. The usage percentage this guy has is insane. They really rely on him on the offensive end. Um, it, it seems like him and, and Grady are kind of the, the one-two punch on that side of the ball. And if he's not making his shots, it really puts the onus on Grady Dick. And he's a freshman. So it's, it's a tough, tough task. But I've been super impressed with his ability to kind of just do the little things. I mean, like Bill was talking about last night how they need to get better at rebounding the ball. Chandler got 13 rebounds. Maybe he didn't score, you know, the usual 22 ES per, per game, but that's okay. He did his role. And I think that's so, so important on a team like Kansas where you had so much talent leave. You had so much young talent come in. You need the continuity of the, some of the veterans from the team like him and Harris to really kind of be consistent. And he's been very consistent overall. He's showcased this kind of scoring ability from all over the court. He's been making threes at a, at a higher rate the last couple of games too. And I know he's been talked about that where he's, you know, trying to be a better three-point shooter. If he continues to play like this, it's going to, you know, just make him rise up draft boards. For sure. Um, and of course, just knowing Bill a little bit, he, he'll always find some nit to pick, you know, they, they <laughs> can, you know, they, they can beat, um, beat an opponent by 40 and he'll find something. And he, I think he pointed out last night, there was not uh um, thought the bigs could have boarded a little better. Um, you know, they still had two and double digits uh, in terms of rebounds, but not not exactly from the bigs. So that, that was one thing I saw him point out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the one thing that I come away with the impression from Kansas. I'd say if there's any worry point, any glaring weakness is the bigs are young. 
So when you have young bigs, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to, you know, not be where they need to be early on in the season. And, and, you know, he said it last night where I asked him, what are the things hit like, you know, KJ and Ernst need to kind of improve on it. And some of the other guys who are at the younger side of the bigs. And they were like, well, there are four things. I'm not expecting them on, on defense, but I'm expecting to be better at ball screens, better at rim protection, better at rim running. And uh, I think the last one was just better at, um, you know, being at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, he's not expecting them to carry the offensive load. Obviously, KJ and Ernst had a, a pretty impressive, you know, 21 points combined uh, at an efficient showing from both of them. But, you know, if they can kind of rebound the ball a little better, I think it's going to pay dividends, um, you know, come March, come late February, when the games are getting tougher, the game slows down. And and just overall, I was super impressed by, you know, um, the ability of Ernst to kind of make the most of his minutes. I mean, he played 12 minutes. He was super hyper efficient. I mean, he had two rebounds, one steal, um, I think one block and four or four from the field, perfect two of two from the line. Um, and even KJ did pretty well. He just didn't rebound the ball at all. Um, right. And I think that's the one thing that, you know, Bill has been kind of on and about is, is getting him to rebound more, um, especially at six, seven, you know, you're playing undersized. You need your bigs to go out there and get those rebounds. I'll tell you, I'm really excited for you because you're going to see some uh, fantastic basketball this year in the big 12 with, you know, with the likes of Baylor and Texas and Texas tech and Iowa state, Kansas state off to a great start this season, there's just um, uh, for those of us that have been around for a while, um, the Big 12 has been the best, I think, the best conference overall for the last, I don't know, six, seven, eight years. And they finally started to prove it in the postseason, winning the last two national championships. And then, of course, Texas Tech got to the championship game um, uh, in the previous Final Four. So the atmospheres are phenomenal. Um, the 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 competition level is as high as it gets in, um, in, in, in college basketball, the 10 team league means everybody plays each other home and away. And mm-hmm. that has really contributed to the intensity of, uh, of big 12 basketball, but you are not going to see a road environment any more frenzied than you are the next game that you cover, which is Kansas at Missouri a week from <laughs> Saturday um, it is going to be off the hook. And, uh, you know, of course, these teams haven't played each other in Columbia in a decade. Uh, played in Lawrence last year. Kansas won in a blowout. And 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 th- that game was um, – uh, the atmosphere was just the, – the fans blew the roof off the place. And, um, and, and you'll see it over in Columbia in, in a week. Um, speaking of Missouri and Columbia, you had a story – this week, uh, just yesterday, um, we're going to switch to talk a little football here. Um, Kansas, of course, is bowl eligible, and they um, at six and six, they're going to be in a one of the lower tier bowl games, uh, probably playing another a team with a similar record. One of those teams out there with a similar record is Missouri, also at six and six, and I. I really do think that there's a possibility that we see Kansas play Missouri in the Liberty Bowl. Those that would be the bowl game where the two conferences align with each other. And I guess Bill Self had something to say about that yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it was really interesting where I think he went on the uh, Rock Chalk, his like radio show on Tuesday, and he was saying, you know, I want to see them play Missouri. I mean, like you know, he, he's the epitome of a Kansas super fan, obviously. So. I don't know if he speaks for everybody in the Kansas fan base, but I'm sure there's a, a vocal 
you know, crowd that wants to see that, you know, border rivalry, uh, the border war, as they call it. And, and I think, you know, he's right. The, the fans will come out for that game. The fans will come out from both sides. And, you know, it, I know there's a little bit of a feeling in, in some part of the fan base where they don't want to play Missouri because there's, you know, a fear of losing. But you got to do it. You got to do it. I think, you know, you just got to go in with the mentality that, you know, it's going to be a good game. Anything can happen. Um, I'm not going to make any predictions this early. Um, and first of all, we haven't even matched up yet. But it, I think, you know, it would be an, a tremendous, you know, game to watch. A lot of fun. The atmosphere, I think, will be really second to none. And, you know, they haven't played each other since, I believe, 2011. So it, it's been quite some time between both uh, teams. So I think the fans would come out. I think it would be a fun game to watch. And um, I mean, I think, you know, that out of the, the most, out of all the bowl, like, you know, predictions between the four potential bowls, Kansas could probably play in. I think that'd be the most intriguing matchup in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, the, the They haven't played since 2011. And those, the last few games that they played against each other were at Arrowhead Stadium. They were not on campus. It was part of a deal that the schools had struck to, to move the, the game to a neutral site. Of course, this one would be at a neutral site in Memphis at the Liberty Bowl. Um, they are scheduled to play each other in the regular season a couple years from now. Uh, and Missouri has already renewed its series with Kansas State. The first game between Missouri and Kansas State was this season, the first time they'd played as uh, members of the Big 12 and the SEC. So um, it's out there. It, it's kind of out there in the, uh, you know, uh, floating around the possibility and just the more I think about it, the more uh, fun it would be. There's there's certainly a a, um, a a faction of the KU fan base that doesn't want to play Missouri just because they're still angry at Missouri for leaving the conference. And mm-hmm. Bill Self was actually part of that when it, when it happened originally. He obviously has softened his view, the fact that they're playing in basketball and he wants to play them in football now. So um, it is – uh, you know, it's it's a as you called it, it is the border war, and uh, nationally, I don't think it was ever as appreciated as you know the the, the big college rivalries like in football, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, simply because of the success of those schools r- relative to Kansas and Missouri. But I got to tell you, in basketball, I know all you know. I've covered Duke, Carolina games, and um, and and I, I know how intense that rivalry is. Edits. When Missouri and Kansas were getting together on a regular basis, um, there was nothing more intense than those border war games. They were um, uh, just off the hook and uh, um, glad to see it renew in basketball, hoping that we get a sneak peek of the the renewal of the football in the bowl game this year. Bowl game is the only way they can um, they can play until the until the contract begins in, in a couple of years. So. All right. Um uh, Trace, good stuff. Uh, Really enjoyed this conversation and look forward to many more with you. And look, podcast is part of your uh, your background as well, right? You might be launching, um, you know, I might be a guest on your podcast someday. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it was a lot of fun. I love talking, talking hoops, talking football. Um, Hoping, hopefully, eventually we launch a podcast and I'd love to have you on and, and everybody else in the KC Star. Here we go. All right. Trey Slada, uh, brand new uh, beat writer, KU beat writer for the Kansas City Star and the Wichita Eagle. Uh, great to have you aboard and we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. Sounds great. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. 
For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. I think we made we made shots early from three, which gave us a little bit of a lead. Uh, we never guarded them, uh, but we rebounded the ball decent, and uh, uh, you know we got a lot of steals. So uh, if you could just take away, if you, if you could get a team to promise not to set one ball screen, our defense would be a lot better. So uh, that that would be all you'd have to do. So, uh, but uh, you know we did some good things other than that. And, uh, and then I, I thought offensively, even though it wasn't our best, uh, you know, we had a lot of guys contributing. We had some balance. Because on Monday night we talked about the defense, and now do you feel at least a little bit better about how your defense played tonight, or are you still kind of feeling the same way you felt on Monday night? Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, we need to practice. We need to practice. Uh, uh, that was not very good tonight. We need to practice. I'm sure you were happy you could get out there, but, but how happy were you with the way Kevin played? Yeah, I thought he was great. I thought that was the best offensive game Kevin's played all year. He was efficient. He got us off to a good start. He's confident. And, uh, you know, defensively, he, he's, his hands are so good. He, you know, he got four steals, I think. But but I thought it was the best offensive game he had and probably the, 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 the least efficient offensive game other than, other than uh, uh, Tennessee that Grady and, and uh, Jalen have played. So, uh, but seeing Kevin kind of step up in that in that situation, and you know, it was good to see Ernest do some good things, and, and of course, uh, 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 I, I thought it was uh, I, I thought it was you know pretty solid performance, but not anything that to get giddy about for sure. It, the, you had the balance, uh, six guys in double figures. I think eight guys played double digit minutes. Is there something that's Sort of the secret to that, why that clicked, why that works? Well, I think, you know, you had two guys score that haven't been scoring uh, much, and that would be KJ and certainly Ernest. Yeah. And so, you know, th- those guys, you know, combined for 21 points in, in, in basically the, 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 you know, the first 36 uh, minutes, which is pretty good. If we can get anything close to that, that would be fantastic. We just got to rebound the ball some. And uh, uh, I, I, I thought we did some uh, – I thought we did some good things. I thought our defensive transition was poor, uh, sorting in the first half, and, and uh, our ball screen defense. And uh, uh, other than that, though, I thought we did some pretty nice things. Do, do you like the way the, the schedule sets up now? So, I do now. Yeah. yeah, I was worried about this one because I knew we were tired. Sure. So, so uh, but I do now. We can take tomorrow off and we can practice Saturday, Sunday, Monday, probably take Tuesday off. So there's no reason why we shouldn't be rested before. We play uh, uh, Mizzou, and there's some things we need to definitely work on. So uh, hopefully we'll be more equipped to play a little bit better when we go over there. Coach, can you talk a little bit about Ernest performance uh, and just overall? Ernest? Um, yeah, yes, yeah. Performance uh, overall and just kind of what he's been showing in practice and how it's been translated to games. Well, you know, we haven't practiced much, so, I, so it, you know, but uh, I thought Ernest today, he got to the level of the ball screen. 
he got split right when he got in there, which was bad. And uh, put Zuby in. He didn't guard it right. They go around and make a layup. Well, they make a layup on Ernest, and Zuby fouls, and Ernest gets split. So it wasn't very good uh, uh, early. But the second half, I mean, we were pretty efficient the second half. I don't uh, what did we shoot 67 percent the second half and twelve or fourteen from the line. So that 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 was a uh, that was pretty efficient the second half, and Ernest was a big reason for that. What did you think of Dewan, especially at the end of the first half? Yeah, yeah, he played really well in the first half. But uh, you know, the thing that's a little concerning with with Dewan right now, he's not respecting the game uh, as much as, as as what I would hope because. You know, the game is you change how you play based on foul situations and time to score. He, he put himself in a tough situation, obviously, against Tennessee, and he didn't tonight, but almost did it again. That, 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 there were two fouls that could have gone on him instead of somebody else, and, and uh, that would have put him in a situation. And, and, and so he, he's, he's got to uh, understand his value to us. Like if you have Remy back in there backing him up, it's a little bit different. Uh, but... Uh, uh, I think, you know, Juan to me is terrific and, and he does so many things well, but he's got to understand uh, when, when to take chances and when not to with his hands. When did you know Kevin would play and were you tempted to sit him just because? No, uh, I wasn't tempted because he practiced yesterday. So if he hadn't practiced yesterday, I may, may have, but, but Bill said he was good to go. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I knew he was going to play him today. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Did you see uh, improvement from Ernest's screen tonight? Uh, I'd have to watch the tape. I'd say maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Uh, uh, but I, I, I'll, uh, I'll go watch the tape. I, I, uh, I, I, uh, I wasn't overly ecstatic on a lot of things. I thought the ball stuck a little bit tonight. I think we were as uh, willing to passers. We were a little bit more reluctant tonight. And if that happens, it doesn't look quite as good. But... You know, guys work hard to guard when that ball moves, and, and, and when it doesn't move, we, we get we get kind of stale and a little easier to guard. So that's something that we'll be we'll be stressing all year long. KJ Adams, small sample size, but five out of the six in his last three throws. He had struggled earlier in the year. Is that you know something that he's focused on the last few days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was good. You know, they they look good too. I mean, artists look good, and Zuby's look really good, and, and so. Uh, yeah, if we can get our big guys to go seven to seven from the line every game, we'd be in we'd be we'd be in great shape. But yeah, I thought Kevin Kevin made some good strong moves too, scored over some length and did some did some nice things uh, as well. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, can you talk a little bit about what you're hoping to see from the young big men, like as they go forward? I mean, KJ. Guys, we play through on the post, so we're not—they're not, not going to become David McCormick this year. So, so, uh, uh, but they can become better screeners, uh, better run uh, rim runners after they set a screen, and certainly uh, better ball screen defenders and better paint protectors. And that's what I would say. Just, just focus on those four things, and they could be really good players. Uh, so, and and they will, they will. But uh, uh, right now, I feel like that. Uh, we're closer 
than we than we were, but we still got a we still got a ways to go on that. Where, where's that easier to to improve or to, to make up ground with with the extra practice time that you're about to have? That's or I think so. Games? I think so. I mean, our ball screen defense is is is, is uh, not very good. It, it's not games. It's games. If if in fact you've had a chance to practice before games, but if you go back and look, uh, I told our guys this, and, and, and it's really not fair. But wherever you were in a, in a rotation or a confidence standpoint starting the season, you're probably going to be in close to the same place on December 1 because we hadn't had enough time to put them in the games and let them play through mistakes and not enough time to practice to generate confidence and that kind of stuff. So, so it, it, it's, you know, like MJ and Zach, when they missed all that time, I, I mean, it's not fair to them because they were hurt. But they, it's the most. It was more important than the games. And now you know, we play. What what have we played? Uh, 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 five games now, and in uh, eight days. So so there's there's no time for them to get better because you you, you don't practice two of those days. So uh, uh, so we've had one practice in the last eight days. And so and then they don't play in the games because the games are hard. And so how do you get a chance to get any confidence and improve? So. Uh, that's kind of where those guys are, so we need to be on the practice court. Would, would you have thought 91 tonight points against that team? No. Yeah. No, I wouldn't have. Pretty efficient, though, yeah. offensively. Yeah. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to producer George Howard and the Sportsbeat KC production staff of Monty Davis, Randy Mason, and Jeff Rosen. Tip of the cap to Shreyas Lada for sharing his thoughts on KU. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.